0: Hey everybody, John Millen here with Millen Group and the Benefit Hackers podcast. Today, I'm gonna talk about a very important piece of the healthcare plan that not many people are talking about and fewer even understand. And I know this because of all the conversations I have. I'm not the smartest person in healthcare, but I've just had a curiosity to to understand how it works and, and really dig in, so I've spent I've spent tens tens of thousands of hours, I don't know how long, but I really am curious on how this stuff works and that the more I understand how it works, the more I can help improve it in my own small way. So look, healthcare is a $4 trillion industry annually in the US and that's all the players. So it's, it's the only countries that have a bigger gross domestic product GDP, the only countries that have more than 4 trillion are US, China and India, I believe, and maybe Japan. So, our healthcare system is bigger than most of the world's country production. That's how big this is. So, I'm going to talk today about the administration of the plan. I know it's it's it sounds boring, but don't don't leave yet. It's the it's not boring. It's the gatekeeper. It's the person that pays your, that uses your money from the employer for the organization to pay the medical claims. So it's really one of the most important pieces and I didn't realize this years ago. I thought it was just like, oh, they just process payments and it's no big deal. And it's just a commodity. You should pay the lowest price, that type of thing. It wasn't until I became curious and I started hearing terms, and then when I would hear a term, I would ask questions like, what does that mean? So I had to become a student again, and I would encourage you if you are, it doesn't matter if you're an employee, or an HR, CFO, COO, executive director, president owner, one of the first things I recommend is just take a little time and understand how the, the pieces work. You don't have to be an expert at healthcare, but You should not just usurp your entire responsibility to your broker. It's not their money. It's not their company. It's not their employees. It's not their future. It's your money. It's your company. It's your employees, right? It's not their job. It's your job to understand. Now you might not need to be an expert in how to build a partial self-funded RVP plan with a specialty carve-out. But you need to understand the basics so that you can ask good questions that's one of the things that i enjoy doing when i talk to people and i talk to a few new people every single week and from around the country different industries different sizes usually small mid-sized companies so these are usually employers with less than a thousand employees and one of the things i enjoy most is whether or not we work with them in the future is educating them on asking better questions because the quality of the question will determine the quality of the answer. If you ask better questions, you will get better answers. And so that's one big thing I love doing in my content, whether it's this podcast or the YouTube channel that you can check out. Just go to YouTube and search Benefit Hackers um, or on LinkedIn. I post a lot of content. You can follow me there, John Millen on LinkedIn, uh, John Millen3. Um, or even Twitter, things like that. So that's where I put most of my content. And and the reason I do is because there's such a lack of understanding. And when I talk to someone, I say, look, you're spending two and a half million dollars a year on your your benefits package. This is non-cash compensation. That is money that you could give in salaries in lieu of the benefits, you could give them more income. Yes, you'd pay a penalty in most cases, but you can still do it. Like you could still maneuver the system so that you're providing, not spending, not much money on benefits and give everyone an additional income. So it's your choice. So why not understand how that works and take a, take just a little bit of time. Look, we're all busy. I'm a business owner. I have employees. I have payroll. I have demands on my personal life. I have kids. I have other stuff I do. We, we all are busy. That's not an excuse for not learning, right? In today's world, with it changing so fast and so many things, just saying I'm too busy to learn something new is foolish. It is a foolish move. And you're, you know, do that if you want, but at your own peril. So I suggest, so that's what this, I think this content provides. I'm not pitching products and services. I'm talking about concepts and strategies in education about common sense, because this is really common sense, but the industry wants to make it confusing. All right. So with that as a foundation, if you look at a healthcare plan, there are several main components. So whenever you pick a a health plan, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a Blue Cross Blue Shield, uh, silver, $3,000 deductible, $5,000 out-of-pocket max, Um, national PPO plan so whatever the carrier whatever the network whatever the structure whatever the the components if it's a group health plan it has basic components built into it that don't change and those are one is the network that you use two is the pharmacy benefit manager that's who controls a big part of your spend your pharmacy spend the third piece is your insurance, or I like to say it's your reinsurance. So it's your it's your protection against large claims. So some people call it reinsurance. It could be called aggregate insurance, stop loss protection, right? These are all components that even if you have a fully insured plan, you have 10 people in your medical plan, the major carrier, let's say it's Anthem. They have; they're using stop-loss insurance to protect themselves. They're not paying all the claims just out of their cash flow. They need insurance protection. So, just like on your homeowner's policy, the person that insures your home has excess loss insurance in case they a hurricane comes in and blows through and wipes out tens of thousands of homes. They're not having to come go into their bank account to pay that. They have insurance that kicks in when you hit certain levels. So, this is very common. So, you have. You have the network, you have the pharmacy benefit manager, which controls the pharmacy spending, which is a big part. You have the um, insurance piece. You have claims funding. So you have a certain amount of money that you're putting, that you're spending just to account for the usage of the plan, what we call claims. You also have something called the administration. So I'll stop there without getting into all the details. Those are basically kind of like the five there's really four moving parts, four or five moving parts, right? So you've got the administration. When, when you look at the total cost, let's say the cost of your plan is, um, I'm gonna just use simple numbers. Let's say it's $500 a month. The administration cost is about, of that 500, you're paying less than 10% of the total. You're probably paying about five to, five to 10% of the total. So $25 a month to $50 a month of the total number when you when you send that $500 to the insurance company is paying for someone to administer your plan and what that means is they review your claims and they pay the providers with your money they are the gatekeeper of who's getting paid think of the administrator as sitting in your bank in your check business checking account And every time you send a premium payment once a month for all the medical costs, let's say you're sending in a check every month for $200,000, the administrator is divvying out the 200,000 to the different providers when claims come in. They hold the keys to how much is paid out and how much is approved on the claim. So when it comes to the cost component, it's only five to 10% of the total cost but it has a huge impact because they determine whether they pay the claim or not from the provider. They can say yes or no. Now, the analogy I use is if you have a, if you have a company, would you just give your CFO or your finance director or your controller or your accounts payable person blank check authority to write whatever bills come in, invoices come in, just pay them out of your checking account. You wouldn't. That would be insane. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't happen when you get to a certain level of trust, but I am sure that person is checking the bill. So if they have an invoice that hits their their desk or their computer screen that's for $50,000 for maintenance on the building you're in, I'm pretty sure they're going to say, wait a minute. Is this legit? Like that sounds ridiculously high because all they did is come in and maintain and fix the filters and clean the filters and they're charging me 50 grand no way they're going to push back and not pay it that scenario when it comes to paying claims is what's called adjudication it's a fancy word for basically claims management the care the insurance companies adjudicate or play pay the claims on your behalf it's your money and they're saying, "Okay, yes or no to the person and the amount and the frequency of all that money going out. And the fact is, and you can do your own research, about 90%, 80 to 90% of all the claims that process in your company in a year are paid automatically. It's called auto adjudication. They don't even look at them. They're just paid. Now, if you think about the number of claims, if you have a company with 300 people on your health plan, you're probably spending three to $4 million a year in total health care spend. That's a lot of claims coming in, right? Yeah, doctor's visit, there's a claim, a lab, a lab to work from LabCorp, that's a claim. So that's a lot. So they're auto paying without even looking at them, about 90%. So why does that matter? Because... If you stop and think about how the ecosystem makes money, this is your common sense. This is where you ask better questions. And this is not conspiracy stuff. This is common sense. The $4 trillion healthcare system is made up of everybody, right? It's got your hospitals, your doctors. It's got the lab. It's got the pharmacy benefit manager. It has your broker in there. They get paid. It's got all the stuff that the device manufacturers anything related to the the buying and servicing of health services including the insurance companies that is a four trillion dollar ecosystem do they make more money as they reduce their costs so if they were to say collectively we think we're spending too much as an organ as a group we don't want to spend four trillion a year we want to cut that uh, by a trillion and only spend three trillion a year, will they make more money by doing that collectively? All the players? No. So there's no invested interest to cut costs. The only way they make more money is, guess what? To increase your spend, to increase the number. Once you realize that reality, then you start real, you start, your common sense kicks in. If you start asking better questions about how this works. And so what you're going to do is say, wait a minute, if, if the insurance company makes more money as they process claims, the higher the amount of claims, the more claims they process, the more money they make, there's no vested interest in them really curtailing that abuse. And at first, when people hear this, they're almost like, I don't quite believe that. Like, how is that? And I just say, look, take the time you need to do your own research. But when you find I'm giving you a shortcut, right? You can take your own time to get to the truth, but I'm giving you the truth now. And it's up to you to get yourself there, whether it's instantly or in five years but I suggest you get yourself there, whatever path that is, whatever you need to make yourself comfortable like. Okay, that's, that is directionally true. So, the administrator, when you're using the insurance company as the administrator, so when you say go to Anthem or Cigna or Aetna or used to be Humana, United Healthcare, Kaiser, Care First, all these different types of insurance plans. It's all in one big bundle. They are the administrator, they manage it. Now at first you're like, that's good because it's simple. They do it all internally and they're real efficient. They know where it's coming from so they can do it better. That is partially true. But the com- the fact is, do they make more money if a duplicate claim goes through? Yes. They're spending your money. So if a duplicate claim hits your bank account, you're never going to see it because they're not disclosing that to you. You know, never know it in most cases. Definitely with a fully insured plan. So you don't even realize this is happening. So the course of year goes and you get a 12% increase. Part of that is because there was a you know half a million dollars of duplicate claims in there that they just auto paid because they didn't check them. There was no review process. There's no incentive for them to review it, right? You got to keep coming back to the, the basic fundamental of the comp. There's no incentive for them to do that. Now, certainly they're looking for fraud and abuse. You know, they're not just, they're not purposely trying to pay stuff. That's bogus, but I'm going to give you an example in a second of a a real case and how this works because it's happening all over the place. It's not that they're unethical. I'm not saying they're bad. These are bad companies. I'm just saying the system is designed in a certain way that this is happening and has been happening, and it's why healthcare inflation is exceeding even college tuition inflation. Colleges are going up six percent a year. Healthcare is going up ten to twelve percent a year. For the past twenty years, go to Kaiser, KFF.org. For 20 years, the trend is, is, an, is an annualized 12.6% increase every year. Some years a little lower. You may have like a little flat year. And then one year you get hit with 30. And you, all you remember is a little flat year. But then when you get with a 30, you're like, oh my gosh. So the administrator, the administrator of your plan is the piece that you have to hone in on. And so what you want to do, if you can... Is you want to find someone that's sitting at your bank account door, so to speak, and they only they only get paid a fixed rate to pay the claims and their jobs to make sure you're not getting hosed, or duplicate, or things are not covered, or in the surgery, there were three surgeons in there, there should have been one, two other surgeons popped in just to see how it was going, and then popped back out, and they but they submitted 100% of their time instead of 50% of their time real case real scenario from one of our clients and the administrator that we that we selected caught it and it was a $250,000 overage that they could strip out so what you want is an administrator, or a lot of times it's called a third-party administrator because third-party meaning it's not part of the insurance people, it's a separate person, an organization, I should say. TPA means third-party. And, and someone that is not incentivized for you to pay more. And I'll tell you there's probably 50 TPAs in the nation. Maybe more. I don't know. There's a lot. There's only probably less than 10% of them that are true fiduciary type advisors. And I'll tell you, this gets very tricky very quickly because I read the contracts and sometimes I can't even figure out. Like I know it's not a true fiduciary TPA from the language, but it's so convoluted. I have to verify and double check and ask people back and forth because they don't really want to say that. So you want to use a third party administrator that gets paid a fixed monthly rate per employee per month and nothing else. No bonuses, no, uh, hey, I saved you a million dollars. So I get a percentage of the savings. None of that because it's all bogus, right? We know it's there. So that is the tip. So if you've lasted 18 minutes and 40 seconds, this is one of the most important things as a business owner, president, CEO, CFO, HR director, benefits manager, controller, that you can learn. And look, I've been in the benefits world for 20 over 20 years in some form or fashion. And I went years and years and years and never knew this. No one ever taught this, no one, all the trainings I went to, all the Virginia um, insurance broker meetings, all the seminars at Sherm, all the national conferences in Las Vegas where they talk about this stuff. Never have I heard. You know, it was years before I even opened my mind and said, "Well, what does the administrator do?" And then, how does that work? And then I was asking better questions, and that's when I started realizing. Holy crap! That's the most one of the most important pieces, but it's it's overlooked because it's just such a small cost to the plan, and so all people do is try to knock down the cost of that component by squeezing. Like, well, how much are you paying for administration? Oh, well, I'm paying thirty dollars PPM. PM. Oh, wow! You're overpaying. It should be twenty. Oh, okay. Let's do that, and you save ten bucks. You save you save a few pennies on a. spend instead of worrying about the big numbers. That's what's happening. So you want to find a third party administrator. who is a true fiduciary fee based advisor. The only form of income they get is from that per employee per month fee. And you will pay more. I tell people, look, you want to pay a lot for a good TPA. You might be paying $70 a month. And with, for this, for a good TPA versus what you see in the contract, you're like, wait a minute, I'm paying $12.50 a month. It's all hidden money when it comes to the insurance company. They just shifted it. They just made the admin fee look low and moved the money somewhere else. You don't see it. Just, this is what you have to get to, I think, or I suggest you get to, because this is so important. You're spending so much money on healthcare and it's going up every year and your coverage is getting worse. It's not getting better. How can you say it's working? I hear this all the time. Oh, we're happy with our plan. You're happy, really? You're happy with a $3,000 deductible HSA for half your population and a $3,000 deductible for the other half your population before anything major kicks in and your rates are going up 15% a year every single year and you've started to skinny your network down. How is that happy? You should not be happy. This is where, this is why we do what we do. We like, we want people to like stop and go, stop. Why is this happening? Ask the questions, open your mind. It's not that difficult once you understand the fundamentals and that's all you need to do. That is a big part of my my meetings when I talk to people. It's education. And almost every time I will tell you at the end, I go, was this worth the 20, 25 minute call? Like, oh, yeah, I, I learned stuff I've never heard before every single time. Why? Because I'm just talking and educating on the basics, and no one's been taught the basics. And unless you understand the basics, that there's four down, that you, there's 10 yards to get in football for a first down, if you don't know the rules, you're at the whim of the referees. In healthcare, you have to understand what are the rules and how are things defined, and you don't have to be an expert. But once you understand the basics, like what kind of administrator you have, you start asking your broker, do we have a fee based fiduciary advi- uh, administrator or, or what kind is it? How are they getting compensated? You will be amazed at how fast the pucker factor happens and they get to attention. They're like, holy crap, I have no idea what that person just asked me. I'm not sure. Let me check. I'm not sure who's paying your bills. I'm just the broker. I get paid a whole bunch of money just to come in every year and tell you bad news and answer a few claims questions from Mary in HR. And, you know, I'm a nice person. And I've been with you 10 years, so that means something. Those days are over. If that's the service you're getting from your advisor on a $2.5 million uh, investment, An investment. It's not even, it's better than, it's not even an expense. It's an investment in your people. And your people, you attract and retain your people with your benefits. Second to salary. Right up there is your culture. Are you a good leader? Do you have a good work environment, right? All that stuff is right up there. But benefits are right in that top two, three, four things. And yet I hear, I'm happy. they are doing a good job. I'm not unhappy, blah, blah, blah. You should be thrilled with the person managing your $2.5 million spend, right? That spend is an investment in your people. And all you're asking is who's paying the checks out of my, out of my when I send you a bunch of money every month, when I send you 200 grand every single month, and then at the current rate that we're going, in about six to seven years, it's going to be 400 grand a month it's going to double in 6 to 7 to 8 years the rule of 72 just like your 401k doubles at 12% if it's growing at 12% in cost in 6 years according to the rule 72 you're now spending 400,000 a month for the same coverage but probably worse coverage coverage you're not making the coverage better and so there are things you can do. There are techniques you can use. But be first, before you even, like, like what's the, what is it? What's the silver bullet? What's the magic thing you want to say? That's not it. Because there are several tools in, in the toolbox. These are not silver bullets. These are proven things in my, in my toolbox that I can deploy in the right environment. I might not need a circular saw for you. I might need a jigsaw. So for you to say, what kind of saw are you going to use to cut, to cut this piece of wood? You know, I'm not sure yet, but i am tell you this. If I just pull up my circular saw and I have to do a really fine cut, I just ruined the wood. I need a jigsaw to make a quick turn and something very precise. It's the same with healthcare advisors. We have tools in our toolbox. The problem is a lot of my, a lot of the people that I know in the industry, and I know this from talking to them. Not all, many only have one or two things they have a hammer and a screwdriver or you know, handsaw and, and, and a handsaw and a pair of pliers. It takes energy and effort and commitment and time and to, to spend the time, what I've gone through to learn this stuff. I've had to sacrifice other things in the process to learn this I had to go to California for a week fly across the country to learn some new things I had to go to conferences in Florida over the years I've had to go to SHRM events I've had to go to pay for masterminds pay for access to people that have been doing it for 30 years to find out what are they what am I not getting here and I am willing to ask questions I don't understand I don't understand The number of times I say to some of my mentors and some of the people that I work with that are far smarter than me and been in it a lot longer, but are shortening the learning curve. You know, it's like going to, it's like going to Elon Musk. If you want to start an electric car company, like you could go right to Elon and go, Hey man, I'm going to start this new electric car company. Can you help me out? And he's like, yeah, versus trying to do it yourself. That's what we do we align ourselves with people that have been doing this and, and have worked for big companies and have the techniques now that are available in the smaller market. But it all starts with me asking a ton of questions and feeling stupid along the way. Like, I don't understand what you just said. What is this? What do you mean fiduciary? Like, I think I understand what fiduciary means, but what does it really mean? And then I'd learn. I'm like, oh, that's not, that's not everywhere. No, John, that's not anywhere except for a very small number of times. And that's this is what it looks like. Well, why don't we just call the, the administrator and tell them to do this? Because that's not how they operate. They're not going to change. They're not going to reduce their profit by 80%. Okay, well then why does this TPA do it? If, if they can get away with charging more, why are they only taking $50 per employee per month? Because that is the, Because normally in that industry... If you look at just the fee on a piece of paper, an anthem's fee is only eighteen dollars a month, they're competing against that that it's eighteen, but it's not. You're not get it's not getting paid eighteen because they're getting paid other ways. So they're really getting paid more, but it's it's hidden. So the true number to service the group and do the right thing and have the people and the nurses and the attorneys and all the back at office that looks at the claims and understands the codes, it's fifty bucks. And then they make a profit too, which is fine. I want the TPA to make a profit so they can help us. The real number is 50, not 18. Okay, great. I pay 50. And are you sure that's enough? Yep. That's perfect. We make a profit. We do the right thing. Our alignment is with the client. We believe in this being transparent. And that's a piece of the puzzle. And then you say, well, what about the other pieces? So we have the administrator that's now aligned with you, the client. Then you look at the stop loss carrier. What are the shenanigans going on there? And then you find that person. And that comes with a lot of pain and suffering figuring out how does that system work? Because that's even more complex. And then you say the claims funding. Well, if claims are going up, that means everyone pays one way. So how do we reduce claims? Then you find vendors and tools and tactics and strategies that actually reduce the frequency, severity, and magnitude of the claims and it's not about wellness it's not about losing weight it's not about a fruit bowl it's not about biometric screenings none of that stuff matters how do I know? because one of my mentors studied this for years at Walmart at the resources studied this for years at British Petroleum at Burger King huge resources available when you work from Walmart or Burger King like in that HR department they can get whatever they want they have the scale and the money and the influence to pick whatever vendor they want and they research They go, it doesn't have any long term effect you have to address it a different way but the industry is looking for the silver bullet so you look at claims And then you look at the pharmacy piece. That's a whole nother component, right? Pharmacy benefit managers. And then you look at the broker. Who are you getting your advice from? That's what we do. And this is a shift. This is scary because, wait a minute. You mean I'm only going to get paid a fixed rate? I'm not going to get paid more money as a percentage of your spend. So as you spend more money over time, I make more money. That's right. That's how the system is now. Most brokers get paid five to seven percent of your annual healthcare spend as a as a commission, and so as your costs double in seven, six, seven years, so does their fees. Now, what have they done to help you double your your cost and reduce the coverage? To me, that doesn't make sense. Why? Wait a minute. It's, I don't have a problem with you making twice as much five to seven years now. if you make things better if you maybe lower cost or improve coverage or or you know add value but w- w- wait a minute you're paid more for for things being worse yep that's the four trillion and if your broker isn't getting it oh no no I get a salary No, no 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 your broker Jim I get a, I get a salary I get some bonuses at the end of the year but no you know I'm, I'm gonna pay a salary yeah but the parent organization the brokerage firm gets a bonus at a higher level from the insurance companies if you maintain 10 million dollars of premium if you maintain 100 million dollars of premium with us anthem united healthcare cigna aetna they're all the same you're gonna get an extra three percent bonus on top so the law of unintended consequences said they're gonna then subconsciously, or maybe not even, maybe directly, like, you know, these are the comp- these are the carriers we use, Jim. I know you wanna stray off and, and try this other stuff, but we don't have contracts with that. These are the contracts we have, and therefore you've set the parameter of what you're able to offer the client. And so when something like an ICRA comes along, or Cost Plus, or RBP, and your broker says, yeah those you know I've read about those yeah those have a lot of problems I mean I can look at them if you want but you know everyone's got to pick their own coverage with the NICRA or you know the, the the cost plus like the hospitals right here don't, aren't going to accept that so I can look at it if you want but man it's going to I don't know if your boys are going to like it based on what I know boom case closed When I say, wait a minute, those are legitimate ways of financing healthcare. There are six ways to finance healthcare. Take a note. If you hung on this this long, you're gonna get some of the best stuff because this will really help you high level. So you're the, let's say you're the owner or the president or the CEO, you're on the board of directors and you don't get involved in the details but you have a team that does that, cool. These are the six ways that you should be looking at your health, financing your healthcare. One is fully insured. Two is level funded. Three is retail self insured. Four is custom wholesale. Five is cost plus, also called reference based pricing or RBP. And six. Is an individual coverage health reimbursement arrangement, or also called an ICRA, ICHRA. As of today, 2023, these are the six. There may be more in the future because prior to 2020, there were only five. The sixth one, ICHRA, showed up on January one, 2020, in the middle of COVID, became legal. But what's happening? Is and this is what I tell people, you have to have <sighs> you don't have to. My suggestion is if I knew there was six ways to pay for my new mortgage on my new home, wouldn't I want to at least have a general understanding and, and have an idea of what they mean? Doesn't mean I have to go deep on all six, because you may be able to knock a few out right away. Wouldn't it be helpful for me as the homeowner to know when I finance my mortgage? There's six ways of financing. I can do a one-year interest only. I can do a three-year interest only. I can do a five-year interest only that converts to a level 25 fixed rate. I can do a 10-year a fixed. I can do a 20-year fixed. I can do a 30-year fixed. And oh, by the way, something that just was released is a 50-year fixed mortgage. By the way, that's coming. In order for people to, in, in, to uh, afford housing. 50-year, you your rate on this brand new million dollar custom home is only this much. You're like, holy cow, that's not, that's the same as I'm paying now per month. Wouldn't you wanna know there's six ways of financing your mortgage? Yes, doesn't mean you say, I take the one year interest free, but you know the pros and the cons, right? If you know you're moving in three years because your job moves you around and you know for a fact and you're willing to take that on, you're gonna get a three year interest only, and get into a nice house, or maybe not. Like you have those choices. It's the same with healthcare. There are six ways, fully insured, level funded, a retail self-funded plan, a custom wholesale plan, cost plus, or also called reference-based pricing. And the six is an ICRA, individual coverage, health reimbursement arrangement. They all have very cool features and they all have very, They all. they all have Pros and they all have cons. That's how you look at it. You don't say, let me just tell you all the cons because I could say, look, there are these cons. You're like, yeah, that's not so great. But we could drop your healthcare spend in half and, and pay for everybody's healthcare 100% with the savings and give them good coverage. Well, okay, wait a minute. I may then deal with those cons because I'm, what? Cut it in half for the same cover? Yeah. That's how that's a real possibility in some of these scenarios. So you got to look at both the the good and the bad. So uh, I hope this is helpful. I'm always available. Go to MillingGroup.com to connect with us. I hope this, this has been a long one, but I'm, I'm very passionate. I'm in the middle of discussions with some new companies right now. And so this is very top of mind. And this is where my passion comes from. I want people to understand this. And hey, if you decide to work with us, it's gonna be the best decision ever. I know that, you know, I'm a little biased in that because I know the kind of work we do as a team. Our, our clients love us because they don't just hear from us once a year, it's not just great strategy, it's not this stuff that I've been talking about, It's the employee that mid-year has an issue and my team jumps in and helps them or something goes off track or it's the communication we have using with text messaging throughout the year, explaining new things or it's new programs we bring. It's all that stuff. The, the platform we give them, there's no paper, it's a mobile app. So there's all these things we do that make the experience great. So hopefully when people call our, when our clients are called by brokers and they go, "Hey." We want to talk to you about healthcare or your broker. I'm hoping they're saying, we love our broker. It is amazing. Not, or, oh, it's good. Or we're, we're, we're satisfied. I'm happy. I'm, I'm fine with. No, we love. They are amazing. We're not changing. They're so good. You can't match them. That's it for now. Have a great day. See ya.